You ever heard of Rumspringer? Yeah, that ska band from Delaware. No, no, no. It's uh, it means run wild. It's an Amish tradition where when we turn 16, we can go live like you heathens for a while. You go nuts, party for months or for years. Then you folks start hassling me, and then it's back to the Stone Age. But if you're on Rumspringer, what's with the buggy? Oh, no, no, I'm not. Not anymore. Probably shouldn't even be talking to you, but a little bit of an Amish flout law. <laughs> Sometimes I just miss the world. What do you miss the most? You know, I miss sarcasm. It's mostly lost on my people. Oh. And gambling. Mm. Went to Vegas once. And butt-fucking. Got a lot of nice memories there. I hear that. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And summer vacation's right around the corner, baby, so we're doing road movies. Rumspringer! Woo! Thank you. Woo! Uh, yeah, we're starting our look. We're doing a bunch of road trip movies this month because there's literally hundreds of them and a lot of them are bad. And the first one we're doing is Sex Drive, a maligned teen sex comedy from the late aughts, I guess. Is that when it came out? 2008, which I think is an yeah. important note to start with because, yeah, so I... Full disclosure, I, I recommended, well, I recommended is a strong word. I suggested this as one of the movies that we should do. And there were two reasons for it. The first being that, like a lot of people, I watched the show Jury Duty, which I really enjoyed. And uh, the guy Ronald, that is the protagonist in it. There's a whole bit where, you know, James Marsden is sort of playing this terrible version of himself. But this real life person that's being Truman showed tells James Marsden that his favorite film of his is Sex Drive. <laughs> and I found that very fascinating. And then two, this this movie, it's a type of movie that I definitely thought we should do. You know, because obviously we're doing road trip movies, but this specific sort of, there was a lot of these. There was road trip, there was Euro trip, there's a lot of versions of this movie. I think what I found really fascinating about this one, it's 2008 is too late for this movie to have come out. Like, this is past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this 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 ship uh, sailed this uh, 1969 GMC judge drove away. Yeah. Like it's uh yeah, this this is way past the time when such a movie was in the zeitgeist as it were. Right, cuz you figure like American Pie started off this wave. I know it's not a road trip movie, but it's a teen sex teen comedy. Teen sex comedy. Yeah. Which then the road trip teen sex comedy was a a, a subgenre, <laughs> I guess. But that sort of kicked off. That was what, 99, 98, like somewhere in there. Something like that, yeah. So this is like 10 years into that where we've gotten too many American Pies and too many knockoffs that are all sort of kind of hitting the same notes. So I was just, I think, really fascinated for those two reasons to try to watch this and unpack 
this movie, which is oddly fascinating, I think. Yeah, I'll I'll say from the get go, I do not hate this movie. No, like I don't know that I like it. Um, <laughs> I I might go as far to say as I like it, but um, I get why it did poorly. Yeah, maybe None that's that a good is way surprising to, to me. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. Where it's like I didn't, I I also did not hate it. There are things that I liked about it. I probably enjoyed it more than I didn't. But if someone told me they did not enjoy this and it wasn't their cup of tea, I'd be like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it. Um, this movie plays into a lot of negative stereotypes, and that's not to say that the movie, like the movie. I can't say it's aged well, but like it hasn't aged terribly poorly either. Like, well, one it, thing it, it I, doesn't I, seem I, like jokes from a bygone era is what I'll say. What I will say to like that I maybe didn't expect is this movie has more heart than you would think that it does. It's actually a sweeter story all around. I think every where every character ends is so much sweeter than I would have guessed in a movie like this. So there, there's a lot of heart. Yeah, uh, I, I think the interesting thing is this is a very R-rated teen sex comedy that's based on a young adult novel. <laughs> yeah, that's isn't it called like going all the way or all the way? I think it's just called all the way. Something like that. Yeah. Sex Drive, what? better title. Sex Drive is a much better title. Uh, yeah, I tried to look up the YA because I read that too, and I couldn't find a proper synopsis, like, you know, like a full synopsis. I just found a general one. And the only thing I could really gather from that, well, there was two things, I guess, that I, I noted were different just from the brief summary that they had. One, he works at Dunkin' Donuts in that, which, I mean, th- you can just chalk that up to rights issues. And two, yeah. probably most significantly, it's his grandmother's Oldsmobile that he takes across country with his two friends instead of a much cooler car in this movie, which did make me wonder without having read the book, I would imagine the ending is probably very different because the jumping ahead a bit, but the payoff to this, which I actually liked because it made probably the most sense with the premise is that the girl that he's driving across the country to lose his virginity to is in fact just trying to steal his car. Yeah. So why don't we just run a quick run through of the plot? Because the plot is very straightforward in this movie. Um, you have Ian Lafferty as our main character, uh, beleaguered, sex starved, awkward teen, a Jason Biggs type. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think, um, is the breakdown is the good. Yeah. Uh, and he is engaging in a bit of double catfishing with, uh, and they're both lying about their identities, essentially. He's engaging in this, these online chats with a girl named Miss Tasty. Which, who, weirdly, uh, they are both using their real faces and yeah, lying about everything Really weird. Else. Because he is using a like a some sort of photo that he found of a shirtless football player with his face photoshopped onto it. She's using an actual Poorly. photo. Yeah, and she's using an actual photo of herself, but again, she's catfishing him to steal his car. 
Right. And uh, through their online flirting, she says, oh, you should come see me. He lies and says that the judge is his, not his aggro older brother. Played by James Marsden. And played by James Marsden. And um, yeah, uh, he and is his best friend friends, Clark Duke. Yeah, his two, yeah. his, well, his, yeah, his best friend uh, comes along and then also the, you know, his girlfriend, you know, friend who is a the girl. The Topanga then, to his Corey. There you go. Uh, she also uh, yeah, tags along and they lie played, to her uh, and say that he's going to see his grandmother. But he's actually going to try to get a little stank on the hang low. To put it politely. Yeah. To, you know, be keep it classy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so through a series of misadventures, they eventually make it out to the place where they're to Knoxville, Tennessee, I guess. Yeah. And they're starting and that, in, I think, Illinois. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out she's trying to steal his car. That plot is foiled. Meanwhile, his brother comes to accost him for stealing the judge originally. And then uh, everything works out. He confesses his love to his friend Felicity. She reciprocates. And then like eight months later, they have sex. Yeah. Yeah. All that's and that's that, that's that's the, the broad strokes of the movie. It, was it Felicity and not Felicia? For some reason, I thought her name was Felicia. Oh, I think it might be Felicia, actually. Because I kept thinking by Felicia when I was watching it. Yeah, that that's a fair thing to be thinking. And then, yeah, it is Felicia. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, now and anytime I hear Felicia, thank you, popular culture. I, I just think yep. by Felicia. Yep. Uh, and then his friend Clark, uh, Lance is played by Clark Duke, uh, living the pickup artist gimmick to the fullest extreme. And that's Which, those, that's your lead cast. Yeah, so I don't know where how we want to you know tackle this, but uh, Lance Clark Duke is Lance is someone I definitely want to take a close look at all around. Yes, uh, yeah, but yeah, hundred percent. And the other things, uh, obviously, if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this episode and you heard that opening clip and you're confused as to how it fit in, there is a point at which. They have car problems and Seth Green plays an Amish character that repairs their car for them. And it's in the midst of it. It is Rumspringa, as you heard from the opening clip. And uh, at this Amish settlement, they are treated to a live performance by Fallout Boy. Yes. And all of these Amish men uh, put the car back together. They're expert mechanics, it turns out. And that is one of the misadventures along the way. Yeah. And then the other big misadventure that pays off in the end is that Lance, a.k.a. Clark Duke, at one point meets a, a woman who's having relationship problems, who's sad, and he goes home with her, at which point her on again, off again partner shows up while they're having sex and wants to fight him and they escape and then that guy shows up at the end too yes uh yeah yep what which let's take a quick minute because i don't even know if i'm maligning this but it's definitely not a silver lining and i think it's worth mentioning 
So that character that Lance hooks up with, her name is Andrea Anders, and you might recognize her. She currently plays Ted Lasso's ex-wife, Michelle, on the show Ted Lasso. She's been a lot of other stuff. She is the sister of writer-director Sean Anders. So he cast his sister in the film as a woman who's primarily just has sex with Lance and has a sex and and wants to deuce on his stomach. Yeah, has a (laughs) very raunchy R-rated, you know, sex scene. And I read that their mother was also on set for the filming. So I just wa- I'm throwing all that out there. That's all information that you that I read and now all of you know. Yeah. And she was 33 at the time of release. Right. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Well, I just interesting choice of words, Andy. Time of release. <laughs> Because she pooed. Because she wanted to poo on him. Yeah. Is what he means by that joke. uh, You said it. I'm just mentioning it. Explaining it. it. And that's the way best jokes are done. Said and then explained. But yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, I mean, but but it makes it like she's supposed to be an older character. She's not playing like a high schooler or anything. No. Yeah. It's just a weird choice to cast your adult sister in this weird sex role. I would love to know how the conversation went. I, I like to think that Sean said, uh, hey, sis, I know you've been looking for some acting work. Uh, I'm actually, they greenlit my movie, my teen sex comedy movie. And uh, yeah, I think there's a part for you. Uh, I wrote it for and you. I know how much you like. Yeah, I, I was going <laughs> to say, I wrote it with you and Mike. I know how much you like deucing on stranger stomachs. And she was like, thank you. It's the part I was born to play. And then she and her mom high five. Yeah, that's exactly how it went down. I can't ima- I can't think of any other way it no. could have gone down. Yeah. And then. So, yeah, that's. The, well, I mean, look, let's tell the rest of the story. There's one little small part to that story. Jason Sudeikis saw this movie and thought. That's my wife. Yeah, that's that's my ex-wife. <laughs> I'm going to work out my feelings for my failed relationship with Olivia Wilde while filming Ted Lasso. Yes, my Olivia Wilde surrogate. Uh, yeah, Bill Lawrence in on it. He's like, yeah, this is this is the this is the person we want. Look, I think, think I can still, picture them sitting around. At the, um, I was just going to say still healthier ahead. than Don't Worry Darling as a way to. Yes. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no doubt in my mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking, like, I, I'm, I'm picturing Bill and Jason sitting around, you know, the writers' room. They're like, "Any of you guys seen Sex Drive?" And, and they were like, "Oh, of course, I've seen Sex Drive." And Brett Goldstein was like, "And they're both all I, immediately." I love, I love Sex Drive. Yeah, I love Sex Drive. It's a really good movie. <laughs> really, love, Pro- really like the part with the girl. <laughs> yeah, it's a proper sex comedy. Really like the part with the girl takes deuce on. <laughs> that bloke's stomach i think we should and everyone's like put her in the movie all simultaneously and it's mm-hmm. uh That's how it happened history is made yeah um but yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that scene is weird and funny mm-hmm. uh but it has weirder more, when you, you know, know it has 
the, the when you know the background yeah yeah no i think i think the the reason this movie gets a bad rap i think we already hit on one it came out way too late for this type of movie yep is one uh and then two it doesn't break any new it doesn't try anything different it doesn't try anything really new well that's um, the problem it's, it's too very with boilerplate. The, the genre is that you're coming out so late with it that a lot of this is just heightening which is why again you're having a scene like the one that we just talked about because you have to be again more shocking than american pie which we've been talking about a lot recently for some reason <laughs> because jason pigs keep coming up on the show but like he had sex with a pie and that was the first movie in this uh you know, era of the this generation of, of sex comedies. Yeah, because I know. Look, I, we all get Porky's happened first, but this was the the nineties and Animal House. Yeah, this is the nineties yeah. resurgence of these types of films. But it started with Jason Biggs having sex with a pie. It started with Stifler's mom. All of those things, you know, that was that was the floor. So everyone has to top that, and that's hard to do. There's diminishing returns. You know, at some point, it's, you know, you can't, the, everything's been done. Nothing is actually surprising. And yeah, so that's a, that's a tough bar to overcome. Plus, again, taste had changed. People were rightfully moving on from this type of movie. So all of those reasons, I think, contributed for sure to it not being, you know, a outside of this guy Ronald from Jury Duty, it's you know, it's not a beloved, yeah. fondly remembered. Right. I do think it's sort of interesting that the the next wave of sex comedies is like, what if teenage girls like sex? Yep. And that's been Blockers and Booksmart and Lady Bird and a lot of others along that those lines. There's something funny about lumping Ladybird into that. I I don't even know that you're wrong, but it just seems funny to imply that it's like it just, a, it, I'm not right, but I'm also not wrong. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. If Blockbuster Video were still a thing, they'd be on the same shelf. Is all I'm saying. That's probably true. And no, and everyone's like, this seat doesn't seem right because one of these movies actually has something to say about the human condition and coming of age, and the others are silly sex comedies. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, anyways, it's called pulling a Paul Feig. It's what if premise, but ladies, that's the Paul. Yep, Feig. It, they call it they call it feeging. Feeging. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know, like this. I think the, the reasons to dislike this movie are all pretty obvious. I I'm sure other things will come up that we have to talk about how they're not great. Well, but I'm kind of ready to. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, it's interesting in that it's also the the resolution, I think, is a silver lining for me. But I think we should probably before, you know, we, we end up in the second half of this show, at least talk about the gay panic just built in to Rex as a character. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the payoff which is like hinted at with one line early on in the movie um forgives it a little bit or yeah. redeems it maybe is better word than forgives it um but yeah rex's character is your like typical 
leather jacket, dirt bike riding, has the fancy, you know, classic muscle car, uh, you know, openly homophobic, uh, misogynistic, all that stuff. And uh, is generally a mean older brother to Ian, a Jason Biggs type. And uh, by the end of the movie, it, it is revealed that he is was acting all that way because he was a closeted gay man himself. Which does it actually tracks, I think, pretty well because a lot of his fear with his brother is that he thinks his brother needs to get laid because he thinks that he has some sort of like latent homosexual desires that he needs to push down, which then the payoff is that that's in fact Rex has been having. Right. He's projecting. Yes. So, again, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning because I don't know that I would sit there and go like, it was great. I think that it's probably the best case payoff, but it's still a very 2018 sex comedy portrayal of these things. Yeah, I don't think any I don't think Glad is going to come out and say that this is a sensitive portrayal of allyship and a, a, re, a realistic, relatable coming out story. Yes. That being said. Of all of the gay panic we've encountered on this podcast, uh, this one, I think, redeems itself the best. Yeah, I think that's that's probably true. Although, uh, I guess the last thing I would say is, and unfortunately, both of these things can be true. I think the donut mascot costume that he wears is uh, funny and problematic. Yes, uh, it didn't need to be uh senor donut yeah it could have just been a donut mm-hmm. because all the comedy um, all the comedy from it is in fact that that it's a donut costume and that he's working the mouth which is a bit that i did really enjoy. no I, that's i that's one of my favorite running gags is that he's in this giant mascot outfit that is senor donut which has some very negative stereotypes of uh mexicans uh, with the big mustache and the sombrero and all that. But it also has the moving mouth. So when he like goes to talk to people, he can operate the mouth. And no matter what, he works the mouth, no matter the scene, if he's in the costume. And that's good it's comedy. A good, it's a good bit. Yeah, but I thought... Uh, but no, the, it, did, it did not need to be... It did not need to be uh, Senor Donut at all. Right. All right. I think that's everything. Should, shall we make it official? Um. Yeah, I think we should. All right, well then you know what that means. I hate I hate that this is coming. I mean I don't know that I love it either, but all of the the emails and cards and letters that we've been getting from the fans, they love it. They do. And if we're if nothing else, shills for the fans. Yeah. Um, I, I have you been getting it? You've been getting it on the street, right? You walk down the street and you see like uh, an SLP -er, and they they kind of oh, yeah. they, they give you the head nod and they just go pivot and you're like pivot and I yep. love that no that I mean, mean you know it, it's it, a good it it you know it, we're we're if nothing here for the streets yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I think I think this movie the best thing about this movie is that it has a it has heart. Like it's there's some sweetness to it. Yeah. Um, like and I I alluded to this before, but I think it is worth now that we've kind of fully set everything up and we fully, uh, you know, hit the second half that it's worth mentioning where everyone ends up 
because you're yeah. the main character ends up realizing that the girl that he wants to be with is his best friend, which is like the most classic John Hughes-esque payoff to a teen film. You know, the the real uh, love is the the one right in front of you. That's the girl that you should be with. That's the girl that you should lose your virginity to. And I would guess very much that that comes from this YA novel that the the movie is based on. So you have that. Then you have, oh man, we didn't talk. Okay. I don't know. I guess we, well, look, we're here now. We didn't focus in on Clark Duke's character. Like we said, we were going to, but now but we're I think, here. I think now is the time to do it. Cause I think but there, he, 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 he exists in that, that liminal space. I, I would say I did not like the character when the movie started, but I liked him by the time it ended. I think that that's a good way to put it. I I think I liked him the whole time. I think just because Clark Duke as an actor and as a, as a persona is not the person you'd think of as the absolutely just crushing pussy ladies, man. It's definitely like, like against he, type, the, the casting. And, and I appreciated that. Um, and like his line delivery, I thought was phenomenal. All like, I think he landed all his jokes really well. I mean, I don't disagree um, with any I, of that, but it's an odious character at the start. Oh, he's the, oh, so I, I don't, I don't like the character as someone I would want to be friends with, but I think it's a good it's character. It's someone that you want to be. Andy, what Andy is saying oh, yeah. is that he loves this character and that's who he aspires to be. I think that's, yeah, the, I think I made half. that abundantly clear. Yeah. The first, half. and then then as he, then as he himself pivots, mm. yeah, then you're not as mm. into it. But that that act one <laughs> version of that it. act one, Lance. Let me tell two thumbs up, no notes. <laughs> that that is who I aspire to be in my day to day life. Yeah, uh, just negging chicks left and right. Yeah, you're always you know. doing it. Yeah, just putting them down because you know. They're just inferior. That's that's how I look at the world. That's that's the lens at which I view the world. Uh, those are lies. Just want to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, but like, you can he's you can learn about them all in Andy's pickup artist series that he does. It's a separate yeah. podcast that I will not be on. He's invited me so many times and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't be associated with it. And and then he tells me I have real beta energy and I just roll my eyes and, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's Mackin with Andy Mack and uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> you can check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, this is not on the Peaks the Network. We we turned it down. Yeah, and it's it's since blown up to be the th- uh, third highest pickup artist podcast in America. Oh, to be clear, to give Andy his full <laughs> respect, it is way more popular than this show. Yeah. Oh, I, I I have sponsors from Me Undies, Purple Mattress. There's a lot all of the big ones. There's a lot of weird pills and supplements that you seem to be promoting all the time. A lot of a lot of boner yeah. pills. A lot of like nutrition. I don't know. It it's, sounds you know a little sketchy. Well, my friend me. Conrad Thompson uh, <laughs> set me up with a lot of those companies, and I just think they're good. They're good. They're good. They're good people. They do good work, and I want to give them the support that they need. I thought it was nice of him to step in when I turned down your offer. To, yeah, to you know, I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about two dead, sexy, middle-aged men that are just out there getting girls left and right. Me and Conrad Thompson. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do, it's a good bit. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Yeah, um, but anyway, so Lance, no. uh, so we were we started off this by saying we were going to say where everyone ended up. Lance ends up joining the Amish community to be with the girl that he falls in love with, who is on Rumspringer, yes. who he meets during all that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's sweet. Uh, as we said with Rex, um, he eventually comes out, and he by the end. At Christmas, he has found a partner, and he's very excited to get a juicer. <laughs> and yeah. he is but, a much a much more this is, toned down version of himself. But and I liked that he still is who he is as a person. That uh, when Ian at the end is uh, consummating his relationship with Felicia. He just throws a, a string of firecrackers into the room because he still wants to torment his younger brother. And there's, you know, so he didn't totally abandon like his uh, a lot of his other characteristics. And I, I, I thought that was a nice touch. It is a nice touch. However, I did kind of think when I was watching that scene that it was a missed opportunity because there is a. A joke that they did two beats of that I think you could have rule of threed. And could have paid off there, which is, and it actually, it's a, it's pretty dark, but it did amuse me. There's a whole subplot in the film that's very, like, on the very edge of it. But that, the opening scene when we meet our, our protagonist, he has had, like, a, a a sexy dream and a, a nocturnal emission. And he tried to toss his underwear into his hamper and he misses and he doesn't have any underwear on and he's under his sheets. And then his entire family walks in the room because his dad wants to tell him that he is getting married to this woman who is going to be his new stepmom. And then everyone hugs her, but he can't get up to hug her because he doesn't have pants on. And she assumes that it's because she doesn't accept him <laughs> or that he doesn't accept her. And it's played for this whole thing. And then she slips on his underwear and ends up like injuring her shoulder. But then it's there's a second beat of that where she goes downstairs or she goes into his room to bring him some snacks. And he is trying to figure out how a condom works and accidentally flings it into her hair. So I really thought when he's losing his virginity at the end, instead of Rex, I would propose that she tries one more time <laughs> to connect with him and has one more like failed uh gross out sexing you know like mishap with him yeah i i think that would have been a nice way to to wrap up the storyline because that's just kind of dropped that. that it's not really mentioned one way or the other like they're they're all a family at christmas but there's no sort of resolution to that either Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so Rex ends up uh, with someone and even <laughs> the the end is so tidy and so sweet that uh, Lance even manages to make amends and become friends with the guy that uh, whose partner he hooked up with who hunted him down like they're friends by the end. Yeah. You know, they, they worked it out and... Because they agree that uh, the guy gets to punch Lance in the face. Yeah, one time in the face. Yeah, to make up. 
but yeah, it's just like I said, especially for this type of movie, that's that's a pretty tidy, happy ending for everyone. <laughs> no one is punished except the car. Thief. Well, the car thieves go to jail. Yeah. But no one else, like none of the other characters, you know, even Rex gets like a redemption and a happy ending. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe the only characters that don't have a neat and tidy ending are Andy and Randy, the real heroes of the movie. I mean, they have the happiest ending possible, which is that when they're giving the report to the police, they get to claim that they had sex with Miss Tasty, which I think is all they wanted. Yeah, um, I just want to take a minute and talk about uh, the modern day Rosencrantz and Guildenstern that are Andy and Randy. Uh, I think they're my favorite characters in the whole movie because I think they're just so dumb and funny. Um, there's these just two idiot monster energy drink loving dudes that just constantly hit on girls with no ability to close whatsoever. Uh, and they have a very distinct cadence to how they like talk and everything. Uh, and it's really funny and, and really done to good effect. Uh, I think one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie is when they, they're also going to meet Miss Tasty. There's this green car with tinted windows, this souped up like import tuner car that is sort of the bane of the judge's existence on the road trip. And it gets revealed at the end that it is Andy and Randy. Who are, it, uh, which it actually that, makes sense. The reason they keep running into them is because they're driving to the same location right yeah again another tidy end that this movie uh loops in um but just like when they're doing their spiel to miss tasty and she's into it and they both just like deer in a headlights freeze and roll up the windows great joke (laughs) yeah i mean because they're they're basically yeah they're a dog chasing a car and then they finally get the car it, like, what are they going to do? You know, like it's no, it, it's the right payoff. And yeah, the whole movie, just any woman that walks past them, they're shamelessly hitting on her. What's up? What's up? Yeah. And then the first girl to actually be like, yeah, OK, because, again, she's going to steal their car. But they they're terrified. But then they tell the police. Uh, I actually did really like that, too, because they're, they're telling a female police officer. Oh, uh, yeah, we had we had sex with her. And she's like, yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> so I liked the joke and then that they get really cl- graphic in their description yeah but <laughs> it's like great it's it's good yeah no i mean they are they're fantastic side characters i did really like that payoff because again you keep seeing this green like fast and furious tokyo drift car that keeps ra- wanting to race them and the fact that it was them i thought was a good payoff to that and it like that's the thing too where so you you do this setup and a, a lot of things have done this setup and they they're usually not great the payoff but of like guy meets girl on the internet who's hot but she's not gonna be you know what she turns out to be literally the like the term catfishing exists for this reason like that's what it's describing but it, I think and I'd be curious what the the YA novel does because I would assume if he's in a Oldsmobile that it you know, unless she just doesn't care what car she steals, it would be, it doesn't seem like the resolution is the same in that, but I thought it was a good, she's pretty. She lures guys with cool cars to out to a location and then steals their cars. Like it's a good, it's about as good of a payoff to this premise as you could have where it's like, yeah, that 
that is I'll buy that. Sure. Yeah. Also played by Suri from 30 Rock. <laughs> Mrs. Taste. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Miss Taste. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is Suri from 30 Rock. It's a good thing to point out. Yeah. Uh so all of that I I enjoyed. I the end is almost too tidy, but I did appreciate all of that. I think that that's these kind of road trip movies like this when they have those different threads, I thought Eurotrip did that well, I remember, where it's like they meet all these different characters and then you find a way for all of the characters to converge in the same location at the end. Which, again, that has, uh, you know, get your mitts off those boys from uh, from our old friend. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones showing up as a soccer hooligan. Yeah. Um, no, I'm like, this isn't a movie that you... Like, I know we kind of maligned it for being a little boilerplate, but like this isn't the type of movie where Rocky loses at the end. This is the movie where everybody wins, you yeah. know, like, yeah, that's, and you want that that's the type happen. of movie it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels sweet. And I, I actually think, you know, we've talked about everything else, but when you strip away the raunchy sex comedy part, I actually do think the central friends becoming lovers plotline is really well done. I think they have good chemistry together. I like uh, Felicia as a character that, you know, she's, she's really genuinely likable and interesting and, you know, has like, isn't just a girl that exists to, you know, be the to love be interest. His first love. Yeah. Like she's actually interesting as a friend and has, you know, a, a distinct personality and drive. And I don't know. I really liked her a lot. And I, I liked the relationship, but the, the stuff with the throwing the shoes in the tree and then he buys her flip flops and then he throws his shoes in the tree at the end. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the moments I, I don't know, I just really liked this. It seemed a little more poignant a scene than this movie typically has uh, when he's about to finally go meet Miss Tasty and they're at the weird sex hotel. Which is the, just the type of movie this is. The Great Sex Hotel. Because I, if we, for one second, just because I, we don't need to circle around back to this or anything. But it's a themed hotel where every single room is a different theme. The one that he's in is a firefighter one. Uh, Lance goes into, what is it? It's, it's uh, a, like a Little Mermaid Under the Sea yes. thing. Yeah, but each room has like a different trashy theme. And it's a yeah, it's great. I I loved that detail. Like I thought that was good world building. Um yeah, but so Felicia has already come to the realization that she has feelings for uh Ian. And uh when Ian's about to go and, you know, go see grandma with Miss Tasty to use the parlance of the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh she says, "You know, why don't you just lose your virginity to me?" And I love that his response was, you know, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but the last thing I want is this to be someone's like pity offering, to be someone's yeah. pity offering. And I thought that was a great bit of like growth and in like finding himself for Ian's character. Yeah, uh, that was a good scene. It was. That's, nice. I think that gets to the core of the heart of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Like all of that was well done. Yeah, and it's it does a good job because I always think this is tricky in these kind of things where so she realizes she has feelings for him, but then she has to there has to be a reason that they can't end up together yet because you need some kind of payoff third act 
you know, twist kind of thing to keep them apart. So then they end up together. I mean, this is just the move. This is all of Saved by the Bell exists for these reasons to find why characters have to like break up and then get back together or whatever. But I thought it's a pretty good one that the reason so she has feelings for him. It's going well. He he realizes that he likes her. It seems like it might happen. She has his phone in her pocket and he gets a text from Mrs. Tate from Miss Tate. I don't know why I keep calling her Mrs. Tasty. That's her mom. Um, yeah. Miss Tasty. And he's been lying to her the whole time saying that they were going to visit his grandma. And then it's a lie compounded with the fact that what he's actually doing is hooking up with a random woman, which if you're the teenage girl that was about to tell him that you had feelings for him, that would be a deal breaker. Yeah. So I thought no, that it all well fits. Done. Yeah. Yeah. No, it all, it all makes good sense. Um, yeah. I mean, in a time when you could be flipping around channels and come across this on comedy central on a Saturday afternoon, you know, that's, this is the type of movie that's made for, I think. Well, I, there's one other thing I do want to mention, uh, which is that I think this movie uses the internet pretty well. That I it actually threads it throughout, which I appreciate it in ways that did continue to amuse me. Which is early on with Ian, uh, Lance comes over and he says, yeah, "Like I heard you bought condoms," and he's like, well, "How did you know that?" And it's like it's on so and so's blog, and then you see the blog of him in the convenience store buying condoms. There's a you know, again, raunchy sex comedy thing. The radiator overheats, so they're trying to pee in it. So Felicia is actually the one who she's the only one who can go. So she climbs up there to try to pee. But then a family drives by classic uh, this type of movie payoff. But one of the kids has a camera and he takes a photo of her and then she's on a website like there's just a lot of payoff of cutting to the website that they ended up on when an embarrassing thing happens which i thought was a good running gag throughout it was a good running bit i would agree with that yeah yeah and again like even the the miss tasty online stuff felt you know pretty good like for for that as far as all that goes like it it worked it, it you know it has the benefit of having come out in 2008 way later than anything else so it had more time to understand the internet <laughs> Speaking of urination, which is the type of segue that you want in a podcast, uh, one of the just funnier throwaway jokes, because it's literally never mentioned, but there's like two times where Lance urinates in the movie and both times like, oh, it's like razor blades. Mm -hmm. Just implying that he has some sort of sex disease from all of his philandering. And yeah. I think that's funny. Yeah, that is good. There's also a and it's just it, it's just so subtly mentioned. There, there's a lot of urination content in this movie, more than I realized until we started talking about it. Because there's also a big payoff that Ian, uh, one of the ways that we have figured out that a lot of this movie is about him building his confidence as a person. And and sort of it's that coming of age. By the end, he's the one in his donut costume who stands up to all the bad guys and gets the gun and, and holds them off until the police show up. But one of the ways that we know that he has become this more confident version of himself is that he's able to pee in front of everyone in prison. We didn't talk about the fact that they end up in prison or in jail. Cause of course they end up in jail. You have to, it's part of the bit. Yeah. And one of the better sight gags is that, uh, Felicia is having this real heart to heart with the other women in jail. And then the camera pans out and the woman that's like giving her the best advice is, is just taking a shit. 
Well, also the pan out happens right as she says, come here and give me a hug because they're having an emotional. Yeah. And then it's Felicia being like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, but um, yeah. Also, by the way, the one, one more small thing while I'm thinking about it, because we kind of talked about this in general, but, and actually we didn't talk enough about Seth Green's character. Seth Green is a highlight of this film to me. I enjoyed every moment of him yes. on screen. It's a great character because he's this Amish guy that's, that really is a sarcastic, like kind of dick, but he's also Amish and super helpful, but he's really passive aggressive with everyone. And he keeps doing this thing where you know, they they fix the car and then it's like, well, you, you know, if you, if you feel like you're good about it, I yeah, you're fine. You can drive off. I mean, we put a lot of work into the car, you know, but if you want to leave, you know, it's great. But it's hey, good. you know, the, it, it, it's really just the reward of doing good for your fellow man. That's all like, I care about. Yeah, it's this kind of he's just so like, sn- he's so snide about it. It's it's funny. But yeah, it's a good bit. But then I really loved that this sort of last beat of that is as the credits are rolling that we see Fallout Boy and we learn that the only reason they played this whole concert is because their bus broke down and they they felt guilted into doing the show. <laughs> like, yeah, I liked that. I also apparently they only did the movie because Seth Green convinced them to. So, because they were pals, because they're pals, and he had been in their videos and stuff. So, yeah, there you go. But yeah, I, his character is great and really did amuse me. And yeah, he was a highlight of the film. And it's a, it's a good bit. Like I, I liked the way they used the Amish people, where it was sort of subverting a lot of the jokes that you would expect from Amish characters showing up in a movie, where you know they explained through Rumspring of why they had this knowledge, but then. I don't know. Yeah, he, it's just a very funny character that I've never seen in anything else. <laughs> yeah, one of the other jokes that really worked for me in there is when uh, Ian and Lance promise to come back and help, but they have to like someplace to be. He's like, oh, don't worry. We'll hold your breath until you get back. He looks at <laughs> his watch goes, all right, boys. <gasps> and starts tapping his wrist. And <laughs> yeah, it's just I very, just, it, very on brand with how snide he was. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're good people. Yeah. Yeah, and they because did go Lance back. was being Amish. Well, he stayed. That was the other thing, too. Yeah, yeah Lance he, just stayed. He decided to kick it Amish, as it were. And then that was another payoff of the internet thing, where there was a whole thing online about Lance staying, you know, because he got yep. married. There was his wedding photos. Yep. They ended up online. Uh, but yeah, all that was good. The other thing I'll say, since I prefaced it, uh, I don't know. You, I don't. You didn't watch Jury Duty. Did you by any chance? I've not yet watched it now. But I first of all, I recommend that show. It's I really enjoyed it. I've heard it. good things. I just haven't watched it yet. But like I said, it's sort of this thing where this guy, Ronald, is sort of Truman showed or, or however you want to describe it, where he's the only real person in a, a show where everyone else is an actor. But the thing about it is that he te- he's a really good guy. You know, and that's they kind of keep pranking him, but he keeps taking the high road and being a really sweet and lovable guy like they they did very well finding this guy and he is really likable. So I want to say that I it was surprising to me that he loved the film Sex Drive, but he's younger and I I think he was the right age for it. But I will say that for these kind of sex comedies that I think for all the reasons that we talked about for how sweet it is and how much heart it has that, you know. Uh, maybe at a formative age when he was uh, a young man looking 
to see some boobs or whatever he was hoping for that, you know, the sweetness and kindness of this is also why it's his favorite James Marsden movie. Yeah. Also, no, it, it all definitely makes sense. Also, we didn't talk about it enough, but Marsden is amazing in this. Oh, he's great in this. Yeah, he's so good. It's he's I, I've never seen him play this type of character and he's really good at it. The running gag of him getting so angry that he just jumps off of his motorcycle. There's there's one shot when he shows up at the hotel. It's just the motorcycle is just on its side with sparks flying out as he's at the door to show that he did it again. When he punches the the uh, garage door and just gets angry, like his anger's hilarious. The way that he messes with his little brother is hilarious. Like he's. He's a great character. Marsden is great. I It made me want to see James Marsden play way more dicks because he's really good at it. Yeah. No, I mean, like, this This is a fun, inconsequential movie. It has a good heart. Uh, there's a lot of good jokes. The Rumspringa stuff is probably the, like, when you mention this to someone who's seen it, Rumspringa is probably the first joke that people mention. That stuff's funny. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's I mean, it's this is this it's worth a watch. Also, as we talked about, look, Ted Lasso uh, was able to cast uh, the ex-wife character. Clearly, Tina Fey is a huge fan of this film and cast two people from it, you know, directly from watching them in this. So that's yeah, how she 100%. got that's how she got both Chris and Suri was was watching yep. this. So it's an important movie. And David Koechner's in it. Because did you really think David Koechner wasn't showing up? Of course he's in this movie. Of course he's in this movie. And look, our guarantee is when when Hollywood finally wakes up and gives us the money that we've been asking for to make any of these solid gold films that we've been suggesting, David Koechner's going to be in that too. He's already told yeah, us. Yeah, David Koechner's. Yeah, he's he's already committed to being in. Mm-hmm. He's going to play a very comical character. That's all I'm going to say. He's going to be funny. He's a funny, wacky, over-the-top guy. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a rube. Who knows? But he definitely gets angry and shouts at people. Yep. Whammy! (laughs) Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Philip And Katie. And Bridget. And we're three friends who like movies. Especially movies of yore, when we were small and everything seemed awesome. Now we're revisiting these bright, shining beacons of our youth and figuring out if they are for real. So sit back and relax and revisit the best. The worst. And everything in between from the 80s and 90s. And find out. Is it for real?